Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. This week, it's Ruin It. opening montage it's the fourth level lower than the thing marvel hero and he looks up and you hear i've waited a long time for this life just to ruin it he's the ruiner that's a very evocative description here to ruin things i don't know if i would watch that show to be honest with you it it feels like it's it gets picked up by Netflix just because they have to do eight Marvel shows. They're contractually ob- obligated to pick up some of the C team here. Who stars in this? Paul Giamatti. No. I'm thinking like Guy Pierce. Has mm. he fallen that far? Probably. Eric Bana. Mm. Eric Bana. The original Hulk. Yeah, the original. Well, not the original right. Hulk, but the original movie Hulk. Um, you know, I watched both of those movies a couple months ago. Hmm. How was that? 2003, much better. Really? Than the Edward Norton one. Oh. Oh, I forget yeah. about the Edward Norton one. Oh, you were thinking of a different one. Now you're thinking of Mark Ruffalo. Yes. Yes. Hey, welcome to As You Were a Podcast about Alkaline Trio. We are stalling for time. Are we ever? So, we're here to talk about an Alkaline Trio song. My name is Tim. His name is David. Correct. And we've got one from Agony and Irony. Yep. The 10th track. 10th or 9th, I don't remember offhand. I this is a record I don't go back to much. Well, let's let's start with this though, David. Yes. You were complaining just a couple weeks ago. You haven't had the opportunity to shit on things lately correct here you go baby here's your platform well i don't know if this is the one i'm gonna shit on because i don't like it i'll put that out up top but this is not like the worst it gets you don't know the worst it gets and part of that is this song i've always been a little softer on granted a lot of decisions are made in this in terms of just vocal effects and fucking shit thrown at the walls like that i don't really care for but this is not live young die fast this is not eating me alive two songs that are like the sub basement of alkaline trio material lower than piss lower than piss indeed well see it's funny and this is part of the uh arrangement that we had with this show was that david is a lifer Mm -hmm. i'm someone who drops off and I dropped off on this record, hearing it and thinking, I think I'm done here. And this is maybe the first time I've listened to this. Maybe I 
got to it when I listened to Agony and Irony, the one fateful evening back when it came out. But hearing this, and every time I hear the songs that I haven't heard yet, I always think of it in terms of, where's David at with mm-hmm. this one? And I listened to this song, and I said, yeah, this song isn't too good. I don't think David hates it because I don't think he has the energy to hate this song. That's actually pretty accurate. Um, this is a song that's so nothing to me that I really forget it exists. Like, it's... Of maybe all Alkaline Trio songs, one that, like, I never think about. Like, when I'm thinking about bad songs, I can rattle off a dozen of them. When I think about great songs, I can rattle off however many. But this is in such a weird middling territory that I'm kind of like, I don't know if I have anything, any feeling about it. And, like, it's such a weird record because we've talked about a couple songs from this. We talked about In Vain pretty early, which I don't like. We talked about I Found a Way, which I do like. Yeah, that song's okay. Yeah. And we talked about Live Young, Die Fast, which I fucking hate. And when I when I brought that point up to you in pre-pro about where, you know, where I figured you were on this and you said, well, yeah, Live Young, Die Fast is two tracks before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, this record is difficult because as we discussed way back at the beginning of the podcast i really wanted to like this i really wanted them to to make a big radio alt rock record and succeed because i didn't think they would be bad at that and i would rather them have that level of success than a lot of stuff that was happening at the time and they just didn't make a good record here and (laughs) it feels so strangely dated in so many ways to me and this song kind of shows a lot of that listening to it again where i'm like there's just weird stuff going on i don't know how this was written it doesn't have any of their personality in it uh the vert like when this song starts i'm immediately like skip once he gets to the word once he says ruin it it's like skip yeah um because i just don't think about it like i don't hate it it's just so nothing to me uh, yeah, it's it's really, really weird. You know, it's an interesting point that you bring up because one of the things that I've thought about with this band is that they have a couple of moments where they are there to strike while the iron's hot, right? Sure. From here to infirmary, when at, Vagrant is at its peak. Yes. And... I think From Here to Infirmary was a successful record, but it wasn't successful like Saves the Day was successful. And here you have Agony and Irony coming out when the punk-adjacent music that's on the radio is My Chemical Romance, Fall Out Boy, these bands that are taking punk elements into a theatrical territory i mean you could you can we talked about them a couple weeks ago but afi yeah big then too i didn't didn't want to say afi because i wasn't sure if they were still in that spot come 2008 because when was sing the sorrow that was that was 03 but the summer underground was 06 and that was a number one record oh okay you know like so like i think a lot of that was kind of bubbling up and they 
kind of had ties to all those bands in weird ways. Like Alkaline Trio opened for My Chemical Romance when that Three Cheers record broke, um, which is crazy to think about. That's that's so weird. When like, because that tour was, it was one of the Crimson tours. It was either 05 or 06. And like they played Allstate Arena, I think. Oh, not Allstate, um, UIC Pavilion oh, okay. opening, which is like a lot of people. That's like yeah. 1,200 people. That's where the Cure played two nights the last time they played here. Um, and so like Alkaline Tree is one of those bands that like I don't want to say always miss their moment because they did capitalize on some of this stuff. I think you could point to a lot of examples where that happened, but this was them getting a major label deal. Like people were finally betting on this horse. And this is me saying this all from a distance, from a remove, because I was not in these rooms. But, like, I do think they wanted to make a more accessible, more relatable record. Because Crimson is kind of weird. There's a lot going on, you know, and there's a lot of different feels. It's a bigger production, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have that big step into, you know, Crimson doesn't have, like, big memorable choruses and things like that it's got hits for sure yeah, yeah. but nothing more intricate song sticks yeah I, the biggest song from that record is mercy me which is just like one of the last relics of a very matt skiba song yeah totally totally and this doesn't have a lot of that like there's some of the singles i don't mind there's certain parts of songs that i think are okay but Nothing ever really gets fast. There's not anything that gets weird. It's just a rock record in in the most With vague a terms. A lot of stuff on top of it. Which, like, I understand that impulse. I understand that impulse for any band who gets the chance to do that when you make your first record in four days. You know, absolutely. Like, I don't fault anyone for that. Well, but it this... feels like growth, right? You look sure. at you look at Good Morning, and Good Morning, I think, has really good production values. Yes, Crimson is definitely a step up, mm-hmm. and here's another one. And maybe we forget about some of the other things that come along with taking steps while we go there. Well, and initially, this wasn't even going to be. Well, it was, but it was not going to be a major label record in the same sense. They signed a V2, which was Virgin's label, which I believe had like uh, White Stripes. White Stripes and like, uh, I'm forgetting these other bands, like some of the weirder, artier stuff they were trying to get across, like Darker My Love. And it was a post Interpol world. We were just living oh, in it. God, just um, suffering. <laughs> I mean, suffering on so many levels, too. You remember when the Vines. Yeah. We're on the cover of Rolling Stone. Well, the saviors of rock. <laughs> there was that, but also in this time period, like 2006 to eight. I mean, even a little earlier and after, like that was the height of like scene core, really in the Warp Tour world. Yeah, like, which I fucking hated. And like, you I didn't. How many belts did you wear? Uh, one. Wow. I know. Loser. Restraint. Um, but uh. I wanted them to succeed because I felt like it would be cool to see this band I loved crossover and do it well. Uh, Cause I thought they were capable of it. I still think they are very capable of making a more muted kind of straight ahead rock record and it not being bad. I think they've moved all entirely away from that. Yeah, absolutely. That, that ship is cer- certainly sailed. And when you look at it, I think that, I think that what we have and 
something that you and I are finding out more and more by doing this show is mm. the community aspect that surrounds this band. There's a little bit of that well-kept secret aspect to it because yes. they don't have Stay What You Are. They don't have Sing the Sorrow. That moment never really comes for them. Yeah. They just hover there for so long. Well, and it's just like I know so many people who um, maybe like one record and that record's different. Maybe it's From Here to Infirmary or maybe it's Good Morning or maybe it's Crimson. Like those Vagrant records kind of hit a lot of different people and maybe only one of them did because they're all kind of different from one another. Enough to where like I understand if you hear Crimson not liking From Here to Infirmary. You know, like that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Uh, and even if you like from your infirmary, maybe not liking God damn it. I get it. Well, I think the reason that I bring it up is that I'm thinking about it, thinking a lot about where saves the day is at right now. God, where that new record. I have so much to say about you. It. You told me a lot of it. Yes. But the the fact that, you know, Chris Connolly just doesn't seem to have any grasp idea. on reality right and they are kind of just kind of a joke at this point at least as like a touring and working band i mean anybody who lives in chicago you can you couldn't walk a step last summer without hearing about the catastrophe that was saves the day playing in yeah. Logan square yeah did you go to that no i was gonna go and like bailed at the last minute and my friends were texting me like you fucked up i missed it too and i can't remember why and i was so mad that i missed it they were sending me videos and like i was watching them live tweet it and i was like holy shit this is a disaster i got such a like high off of just refreshing twitter and watching everything that i could everybody's instagram stories Mm -hmm. um but also i just saw the goo goo dolls i just saw the goo goo dolls play at the Chicago theater with a bunch of ants. Mm-hmm. And it was such an interesting experience to see them go. They were playing Dizzy Up the Girl front to back, the 20th anniversary. This is a record that I like, even though I don't like that band after 1995. Sure. And to see that they took a path where they struck gold Mm -hmm. struck it again even bigger (laughs) with a song for a movie with Nicolas Cage and Meg Ryan and then just went that route and the they used to be on Metal Blade yeah they used to be replacements worship Paul Westerberg wrote a song that is on Superstar Car Wash to think that not to say that the Alkaline Trio would ever become that much of a parody of mm. themselves as, as people if they'd hit in that way, but I'm never going to see the Goo Goo Dolls just play in a club no. and play a real rock show. No, and I, I will say I think Alkaline Trio has been, though they can be kind of cartoonish and a little bit of parodies of themselves, they have not lost that, and I think that's been important. I think they occupy a weirder place now than they ever have. It's so unique because yeah. you know, nobody could make this path. Yeah, it's it's on paper you'd be like, that's not what you want, but it's it's what they got, you know? And they're a band who, on a record like Agony and Irony, I don't outright hate it because I understand what they were going for. 
and I respect that attempt. But there's so little I like. And talking about ruining it, like this is the weakest Dan record maybe ever. Um, There's one song that made the album I like of his, which is normally not the case. Uh, There's a couple B-sides that are good, but like, it's just, it's such a struggle because I feel like he, I feel like he's writing the most like lowest common denominator stuff. Like this isn't even Iris. Like as much as people would shit on like a Goo Doll song like that, this is more nothing. The song isn't really about anything. Yeah. There's no thesis. Um, the whole, there's so much shit that's just dumped on top of it. And especially in the chorus where you have Derek is just so try hard in it. And that's when I listened to it the first time, I was like, man, Derek is like trying to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. And then I was just like, no, he's just fucking overplaying. Like this is this is also not good. Yeah. I mean, Derek's performance in the chorus is confusing sounding. One of my biggest complaints about this record and the two that followed it was that it felt like Derek wasn't really trying and not really playing anything creative. And when he was, it was just this. I think the bridge in this is really weird. The effects on Dan's vocals I don't like. And perhaps one of the stranger things is that, like, <laughs> this sounds like Matt Skiba didn't even play on this. You know? There's that weird... Um, guitar passage in between the chorus and the verse where there's just a crappy effect on the guitar, which doesn't, doesn't know what it's doing. It's like got a fast little picking pattern, but then it just kind of drops off as if it's trying to make noise there, but it's not. Yeah. And it's just, he used to be so good at literally just like running his guitar into an amp head and kind of making it work and making weird sounds and figuring it out. And in this era, he's just like, well, what pedals can I use? Like, what can I step on? Everybody is at guitar center on (laughs) this song. Yeah. Literally everybody. (laughs) That's basically it. And it's just, it's doesn't have a memorable hook. Dan's lyrics aren't really anything. It's not even a great, like Dan vocal performance, which like when I'm listening to songs, I don't like if I can at least identify that it can be a big saving grace. I don't understand what's with all the effects. It and that goes back to Crimson too. There's I mean, so much gain put on his vocals. There's so much just goop yeah. on it. Yeah. It's just I listened to the past live version um of this song, which like admittedly is maybe not the best presentation of it. Uh just because like I'm not telling any tales out of school here. They've never been like the best live band they've played incredible shows but sometimes it's just kind of they're a three-piece trying to do a lot and this is a song that involves trying to do too much and not enough at the same time and when they get to the chorus it's just like whoa this it one dan's voice sounds weird without the effects on it and two they don't really it just sounds empty like it feels empty yeah it's just this song is not the worst song ever, but like it represents a lot of what was wrong with th- not them, but it like it seems like a f- it's a filler track on what is not a good record. Yeah, I mean, in essence, yes. The I went I went a little 
sideways talking about the Goo Goo Dolls, and I don't know if I really stuck the point here. If this band hit, we wouldn't be able to hold them the way that we do. Yeah. And that is kind of what makes it all special, I think. They needed to fail, as sad as that sounds. Yeah. I mean... I think all I think most of my favorite bands have like some like large scale failure mm-hmm. uh, in their history in in some form, and I don't think the the Alkaline Trio has a big one, but they have just brushed up against so many different uh, eras of what's hot, and they don't ever fully cross over. Because f- they've never been what's hot. They've yeah. been they've been a subtle influence on things that maybe got bigger. It's it's you know? wild to me that they full on made the bed for my chemical romance and yeah all of that dark emo shit. Yeah, I mean they were out ahead of a lot of it by enough time where and and I would say we're better than most of that to where like it makes sense that they weren't really? that. But, yeah, I mean they weren't as gimmicky as a lot of that shit. And I will Credit where it's due. That big My Chemical Romance record's not bad. Um, but like photographs your boyfriend took, or the one before that. That one. Yeah. That, no, that's good. I I like that band up in that. That was the point where I was like, all right, you're not going to be the band that opens for Reggie and the Full Effect. Well, I I anymore, but that's had cool. a very similar thing because I saw him open for Face to Face, and uh, then like. I remember sitting in my bedroom watching MTV two and the original video for I'm not okay came on and I was like, Oh, this band's going to be huge. Yeah. Yeah. Like before they did the hyper stylized video and they were, and God bless them. But Alkaline Trio never had that. They were always the favorite band's favorite band. There's the video of Tom DeLonge talking about how much he loved this band. There's my chemical romance, taking them out on tour and bringing Matt Skeeb out to sing with them. There's, you know, all these examples uh, rise against bringing him out skiba on to sing guest vocals on a record like there's a lot of big upping going on uh it just never translated and i think maybe you know that's that's a tough pill to swallow in the moment but you know they're doing four sold out nights here granted we're in chicago but like you know they sold tickets that cost the same and now are the same amount of people that a Jawbreaker show didn't sell. Yeah. And no fucking hate on Jawbreaker. I love them. But, like, their moment never got fully away from them. And yeah. that, I think, is more important. They are consistent in the people who come out to see them. There's still that excitement. And even when it's bad, people are still devoted. And that's really, really rare. Yeah. I think when you have five LPs worth of songs that change people's lives, then yeah, you're, you're still going to get them to come out no matter what. And you're not playing Ruin It, so who cares? Even though Dan loves this record, I don't get it. Good for Dan. You what do you rate it? <laughs> I give it um, two out of five. One. Really? I think that's as low as I've gone. I've gone to half. 
Oh yeah, we have oh, man, we've talked about some bad songs. Yeah, um, and there's so much more to unpack with this record. We've got I can go so much lower with ratings on this album, so just you wait. Long way to go. Just you wait, and just you all out there, come back, subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts on Stitcher. Tell a friend about it. Tell your alkaline trio buddy about this show. Is say, hey, buddy. I got these two buddies that I listen to. They talk about Alkaline Trio. Buddy. Buddy. Uh, oh, go ahead. We also have a bit of housekeeping to throw in here. Well, I thought before we got into the housekeeping that I'd tell all y'all out there uh, about our Patreon. Oh, you should do that. Yeah, because Patreon. That's where we keep all the brooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the dustpan. And mm. it's also a great way for you to help support the show, help us continue to do what we're doing. We provide bonus content for monthly pledges also some swag it's good swag you good want swag. The swag good mugs i am drinking out of one of them right now oh what a great handle we got here Are you looking at this it's thing? it's so heavy you actually have to take one home with you because <laughs> but yeah we do have some housekeeping in here uh we're gonna take next week off we've got a very busy holiday and some traveling to do it's my birthday so i i don't do anything for the entire four days preceding no sorry two days preceding i start with the day of the kennedy assassination then two days later it's my birthday it's also the day that lee harvey oswald died Mm -hmm. and then uh four days later that's when i start picking things back up on november 28th jeffrey dahmer's birthday Great man, you have to honor him as such. Dude, serial killers, Sagittarius sign. It's like 75% of them are Sagittarius. Interesting. Yeah, I got some bodies in the basement. But we're going to take next week off. Enjoy your holiday season, however you're spending it. Um, We will be back in two weeks with another song. One that we like a little bit more than this one, I hope. Yeah, Lord willing. But we will see you in a couple weeks. Thanks, Bubbas. Break.